0: As we gather here to mourn the death of our brother Robert, at least Robert is how we knew him here at Faith, Uh, you might have known him as Rob or even Bob, or maybe something less sanctified, I don't know. (laughs) It is an opportunity to reflect on the blessings bestowed upon Robert and also to reflect and be sobered by the reality of death. The reality that these lives we live are indeed quite finite and they pass much faster than we would like. If we say we have not offended our Creator by what we've thought, by what we've said, by what we've done, if we think we haven't offended Him, we're only deceiving ourselves we have. As Robert would put it himself, you don't need a Bible to tell you that there is a God and that he's not very happy. (laughs) We see this every time we see a death because no matter how much we tell ourselves this should be natural, this is the way it goes, the fact is it isn't natural. It's sorrowful. It penetrates us to our cores. Death is physically ugly, mentally ugly, spiritually ugly. That's true no matter how much we try to paper over it. If God is life, then to have offended God, to have sinned against God, to distance yourself from the one who is life, what is that but death? No different than when you Pull your cell phone out of the charger. That battery immediately begins to drain and die. And it will die. It's just a matter of time. Unless you plug that phone back in. So too we will die and die eternally. Unless we are plugged back into God. How are we plugged back into God? By the setting forth of his son Jesus. All the ways in which Robert offended against God. All the ways in which I've offended against God. All the ways in which you've offended against God. Upon Jesus, God laid all of our sins and the sins of the entire world. And on that cross, he put away our sins forever. That's why we have Christ and him crucified front and center. That is reconciliation with God. That is Peace with God that is getting plugged back into the one who is life and that's the basis then for the words that I have to say to you today that though Robert has died yet shall he live and in fact the truth is he lives even now because he has believed in the Son of God This life that Robert has is a life God would grant and does proclaim to all freely, simply to be believed as true. It is this love and this goodness of God that Robert held deep within his heart. It is this goodness and this love of God that overshadowed Robert's life and indeed permeated his life as it does every single person. Robert himself was given as a gift to his parents, Zane and Elizabeth, back in 1951 on Christmas Day. And indeed, he lived almost 72 years to the day. This Christmas would have been his 72nd birthday. Given to Zane and Elizabeth, who taught him much and inculcated much. Robert grew up here in Southern California, surfing in the waves, camping when he could. He got into paddleboarding, and indeed, I think, even competed in some paddleboarding. He also discovered his love for radios, a love that would manifest itself later in life as he covered the races and the deserts. For vocation, Robert worked in construction, and with the building of his hands, he made a living. But Robert also knew that the whole point and purpose of work is ultimately for the nobility of play. And so Robert lived for photography, to capture the beauty that his God had created and manifested all around us, to capture those wonderful moments of life that God has given to each one of us. Robert loved four-wheeling, getting stuck, for the sole purpose of trying to figure out how to get unstuck. (laughs) He enjoyed his trips to Mexico, which were ostensibly, and for legal reasons, for surfing, but may also have been for some tequila. (laughs) And of course, his love for radios manifested itself so concretely as he used his skills in radio to cover the races in the desert, a true passion of his we virtually knew that if he wasn't here in church on a sunday morning it's cuz he was in the desert helping others here at faith we knew robert as our photographer extraordinaire as one who came to our men's barbecue nights and as a dear brother in christ so wonderful to see him again even after his major surgery he was so overjoyed he called me and let me know all that he had been through and all that the Lord had guided him through, granting him this extra time here. And he indeed was able to come here to faith a few more times before the Lord took him home. Many more blessings, more than could be said, were showered upon Robert and through Robert to you all. That's why you're here. Those blessings have their origin in God was a marriage to Leanne and the blessing of Becky. There's a marriage to Marilyn and the blessings of Robbie and Brooke. was the long-standing relationship with Kim, the relationship he built with Kim's children. There were grandchildren to enjoy. All of these blessings, and yet Robert would be the first to acknowledge that there were sins and brokenness and things that fell well short of the glory of God. Indeed, that's one of the things that Robert loved most about the Christian faith in general and the Lutheran faith in specific. Every Sunday morning, we all stand together, and the first words out of our lips toward God are something to the effect of, I, a poor, miserable sinner. How cathartic it is to simply state the truth to God if you haven't confessed your sins to God you've got to try it there's nothing better than simply being an open book and being an open book in a collection of fellow sinners who are all open books because of what comes next God through the pastor speaks his absolution that word of forgiveness. I forgive you all your sins. There's no better feeling. And that feeling, that reality, was at the heart of Robert's faith and at the heart of everything he did. Romans 7 says it so well. None other than the eminent St. Paul says, The good I want to do, that I fail to do. The evil that I don't want to do. That's the very thing I keep on doing. Who will save me from this law of sin written within my flesh? Who will save me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Robert's favorite Verse from the Bible is the gospel text from John 3 just read. For God so loved the world. All the world with all its offenses against Him. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. But whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have eternal life. In that word, whoever, is all the glory and all the unspeakable grace and goodness of God. Whoever would believe will have eternal life. No matter who you've been, no matter what you've done, God will have you in Christ Jesus. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son... That whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have eternal life. For God did not come, for Christ did not come, to condemn the world. But that the world might be saved through Him. Now maybe your experience with God is very different. Maybe you say, well God condemns plenty. Christ judges plenty. The church judges and condemns, maybe way more than it should. But let me give you an analogy. When you go to the doctor and the doctor says, well, maybe it's your heart. Maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's some other disease that you know your family members have suffered from. You don't say, hey doc, Stop judging me, stop condemning me. The doctor gives you the accurate diagnosis, even if it's painful to hear, so that he might treat you. That's precisely the way of God, the way of Christ, the way of the church. In calling out sin, it is done not to condemn, but to diagnose, so that you would know what it is that you are suffering from But God only diagnoses that he might cure. That is why he gives his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. That you, like me, like Robert, might see your sins and turn to Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That was Robert's favorite verse, and I think you can see why. As Brooke related to me, Robert was recently asked, how is it that you want to be remembered? And his answer was, I want to be remembered as someone who helps others, especially those who are in serious need. How beautifully that reflects the heart of God. We love because God first loved us. We desire to help because God first helped us. And in Robert's selfless desire to help others, we see the light and glory of God reflecting outward. The final thing I'd like to share with you about Robert is that he desired the last words of his funeral to be a slight modification of the benediction, the blessing that has been spoken over God's people for millennia, thousands and thousands of years. Sound like Robert to maybe want to tweak it just a little? If you turn to the end of your service folder, it'll be, uh, the back cover, you'll see the biographical information. You'll see the final hymn, 461. It's on the page just preceding that hymn. And you'll note it because it's the only red words written there on the otherwise black print page. If you can't find it, that's all right. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you everlasting peace. Now, those words are originally and give you peace. Why did Robert want inserted there everlasting peace? Because he wanted each and every one of you who have meant so much to him in his life to know that the peace that God has for you in Christ Jesus is not a peace as this world gives, peace that can be taken away. Peace that God gives in Christ Jesus is a peace with your Creator. That is a peace that goes deeper than any sorrow, deeper than any trial, deeper than death itself. That's why it's not just a peace for this world. It's an everlasting peace. Those words will ring out at the close of our service. A benediction over Robert and his life. A benediction over you. I want you to have within your heart that peace which Robert has within his. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.